0: country of five scotland you're listening to films and swearing a movie podcast with your host Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie yo welcome to episode
1: 196
0: again yes um the second take of our nocturnal animals episode the sequel Yes. Well, the, the
1: sequel it never was.
0: Yes, aye. Um, it is the start of our Michael Shannon season. This episode was previously recorded a week ago, um, but for some really fucking annoying reason, the file went corrupt. Like, for the love of Shannon. <laughs> don't use Shannon's name in vain. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, we lost that file. So what we're going to do on this occasion is more or less give you a quick take of what you missed out on. So this will probably be maybe 20, 30 minutes at the most. Just kind of not phoning it in, but just letting you know this is what it was. This is our opinions on the film without going in as depth as we normally do. Just because... It's quick, it's bold, it's footy shining. (laughs) He's got them lined up today. Uh, So yes... 'Cause when this happens the game Podcast, it's so destroying to repeat an episode because the whole enthusiasm that there's the surprise reactions to your co hosts like things it's lightning in a bottle, you can't capture it again. It still stings when you, you find out that you're fucking uh, was just when corrupt. I woke up on Monday
1: morning and I seen the message and I was like, Oh for fuck's sake Yeah. I I thought I'm gonna have to talk about that dancing Oh oh yes, the yeah, the, the big naked ladies yeah. sequence
0: again. Yeah, so mm. prior to getting into the, the nitty gritty of the film, moments before recording, we discovered uh, that Smokey and the Bandit star, um, uh, Cannibal Run, uh, what else was it? Uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Yes, um, Burt Reynolds has passed away at the mm. age of eighty-two, and yeah, me... died this afternoon in his house. Aye. Did I say what it was? Uh, I think it, the source, a uh, uni lad put up. It was a cardiac arrest.
1: Oh shit! Aye, uh, Bert Reynolds dead after heart attack. It always kind of reminded me, of like, like Hugh Hefner. He was he was like that type of character. Like, like Michael Douglas, is kind of in that, like that, that group as well. Like mm-hmm. they're just any fucking age.
0: Yeah, and you still imagine them just. Acting like a fucking pimp,
1: yeah.
0: Just because it it is a household name. This is one of the biggest names we've had.
1: Yeah, this Probably year. Aye, this year. Aye. Because last year it was fucking George Romero and Toby Hooper and all that. Aye. No, that's it. my Facebook feed is now just folks sharing pictures of Smokey in the band. There. I'm actually gonna do one right now. I don't know if you will recognise it, but. Let's see, let's go to the trusted news
0: resource, uh, tmz.com. Let's see what they have to say. Ah, Burt Reynolds, dead at 82 after heart attack, never shot final roll. Yeah, and that's his... That would have been
1: Once Upon a Time... In Hollywood. Yes. Um, I'm actually struggling to find what I'm looking for, but do you remember him when he was in uh, Saints Row? Oh, the video game. No. Oh. Yeah. It had a role in Saints Row and it's like the mayor or something like the, the city or whatever. All oh, right. And like I think when you completed the game, if you were getting chased by the polis or whatever, all you had to do was ring up old Bert on your phone and <laughs> your like stars would decrease. Aye. Aye. Get a wee help for Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Pretty sure it was the same game that had like Hulk Hogan in it and It was Keith David. Keith David and Roddy Pepper were Central 4 because re- yeah. you reenacted the whole They Live stuff which is exactly. fucking gold. Aye. I think Keith David was in all of them because he had aye, he a was. character aye, yeah. but
0: then he started playing Keith David in it yeah, as well. Aye.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Fuck I'm just scrolling through some of the information here like one of the, the biggest moments in his career was posing naked for Cosmo magazine in 1972. <laughs> like the bearskin rug that <laughs> I think we've seen Deadpool recreate that pose uh, yeah. in recent years but he'll be forever remembered for half the films he's done. And there's like celebrity tweeting, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger's tweeted, Burt Reynolds was one of my heroes. He was a trailblazer. He showed the way to transition from being an athlete to being the highest paid actor and he always inspired me. He always had a great sense of humour. Check out his Tonight Show clips. My thoughts
1: are with his family. Aye, cause he was a, uh, cause he was an NFL player, right, like a football player. Aye. And because uh, I remember watching the original Mean Machine. All right. Aye. And then Vinny Jones remade it, and then done the Armand salaman where Yes. And Reynolds uh, was Reynolds in it again, wasn't it? Aye, like the old guy that was in it.
0: Aye.
1: So that's like he's been in a lot, and I think a lot of the times
0: towards the, let's I would say the second half of his career, he got away with just playing Burt Reynolds.
1: Reynolds aye, in and like, films and he was like he was always kind of like films that I remember him in as well like it was always like Arlie Emery it was always like military type roles yeah and uh, but I mean like, like Cannibal Run aye like, and like
0: and I remember watching Smoking the Bandit a lot when I was weak especially yeah. like the first and second
1: one I think I must have had both of them on a the tape but let's see because it was his partner was Dom DeLuise and uh, Cannibal Runner. yes aye, aye. aye.
0: What was it? Was he Captain... Uh, oh, uh, it was like Captain Fantastic or something.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. But
0: his filmography is his IMDB top four. is Boogie Nights, Striptease, oh, uh, his yeah. Congressman, uh, Smoking Bandit, and Deliverance. Deliverance.
1: Deliverance
0: is one I've still never seen. He's fucking brilliant in Deliverance. I've still never seen it. There's this great moment, well, like the famous moment where the guy's (laughs) being raped in the woods and they've got... Squeal, piggy, squeal. Exactly, it's that sequence and they've got one guy tied to a tree. They've got the belt around his neck, around the trunk of a tree, so the guy's pinned. And the guy, I think, like, the rednecks, they've either got a knife, they've got up to his neck, and they're threatening him, and the camera's focused on then, and then it goes from the foreground to the background, and in the background you see Burt Reynolds standing there with a bow, like, stretched, looking through the eyepiece and then just lets go and fucking kills the dude. It's like, uh, Burt Reynolds was the fucking man in deliverance. He saved the day.
1: Uh, I've still not seen it.
0: Uh, it's I've still never seen fucking it. Fucking definitely worth checking that out if it if it's still streaming because I caught it when it was on Now TV but it was one of those things where it was about to go off the store. Uh, right. So I went out my way to w- watch it before.
1: Yeah. But I guess we can only just... Say rest in peace, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Didn't have any fucking beers for this. This was Dang unprepared. It. Fucking know, damn it, Bert. Damn it. Can we really wait till next week. Again, we couldn't. Can't even pour one out
0: for our, our fallen homie. Time to hang up the old cowboy hat. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, let's get on with what we're. Yes. So. I was to say paid to do, but we're not paid to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a wee look. So,
0: will this be Michael Shannon season? We started the episode last week by talking about when we first noticed Michael Shannon in film. And for myself, I first noticed him in like, and learned the name Michael Shannon through watching uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. He had a significant role in the first few seasons of that. Uh, Mike, what was the first time you'd uh, seen him? Bad Boys 3. 2. two. Sorry. 2. Aye. In the future. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Aye, uh, bad boys too. They yeah. played like one of the members of the KKK. Yes, it was. a uh, his name was like Floyd or something. Like the start of the film, he gets shot. Like part of his ear gets shot off, and then they spring him for jail, and they decide to use him for like the case around. They put him in the boot of a car, and then they go on like a wild fucking chase and forget he's in the car. <laughs> and, uh, and climbs up the car. and He's got like. It's weird because he's got like, um, I'm trying to think, it's like a fucking, like a napkin tied around his hair, like head that way. Okay. And when he gets climbed out, he's like talking about like how they violated his rights and he's going to sue them and all that. Aye.
0: Aye, oh, I said it last week, I need to revisit that film. Aye, it's on, if it's it's still on the streaming. store,
1: aye, it's on the store.
0: Aye, I'll we'll have to have a wee look. <clears> um, so, Nocturnal Animals, from director Tom Ford, who we recognise is a, a, primarily a fashion designer, Turn director, his first directing credit was a single man, film starring Colin Firth, Julian Moore, and Nicholas Holtz. The cast of Nocturnal Animals features Amy Adams as Susan Morrow, Jake Gyllenhaal Hall as Tony Hastings at slash Edward Sheffield, Michael Shannon as Bobby Andes, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Ray Marcus, Ida Fisher as Laura Hastings. Uh, Army Hammer is Hutton Morrow, Laura Lenny's in there, Michael Sheen's in there.
1: So, Mike, what was the plot to Nocturnal Animals? The art gallery owner receives a manuscript from our ex husband from like, the past 20 years, and basically it's like a way of like, reconnecting with her. And basically, it's a story within a story. Yes, definitely. Uh, now, that
0: was the first time watched for you, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in hindsight, now that we've had a week since we've watched it, is your opinion of the film still the
1: same? Has um, I mean, I still kind of like, but I kind of like think back on it, like obviously I think about like the story and all that. Eh? Yes, and like it's Michael Shannon again, eh? just the way like portrays his character. Though.
0: Aye, aye, and that was it when we talk about how Arlie Emery plays great eh, authority roles. Michael Shannon fits into that category nicely as well. Yeah. Because he plays a detective. Aye, I've seen the film a few times yeah. before. And it's a decent watch. I've, I I realise, now I have the same opinion of this film as I do with uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hmm. The movie within the movie, like the movie in the middle, is really good. The rest of it I could probably do without. Yeah which is really surprising that I could find that like, there's two
1: films that fit in this category now. Um, but yeah, I'm the same. I think if I was to ever watch it again, like if it was on TV, I'd probably hope that it starts, like, just when she gets the book. And she's yes. she ah, And the reason we're saying that
0: is because the first five minutes of this film is big, naked, dancing ladies
1: in slow motion. It's not even that. It's, it's the fact that, like... like it's literally on for five minutes. Well, aye that But like the, the storyline between um Susan and uh, Hutton, like I mean you you can tell right away that like their marriage is like falling apart. Yes. It's and like he's clearly like cheating on her. Aye. And she's just becoming a fucking a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um I mean she just seems to be
0: just draining a life from things. She just Yeah. She seems better, and everything around her. As we we all said, like there's total like a color tone thing going on. Like all her scenes are bleak, drab, gray, and you're just thinking, Christ! It looks like she's just spoiled everything she's had. It's like she's had all these great things, but she's managed to ruin it all. And then <sighs> when you get the story from the ex-husband, it it's just a more brutal way of how he felt in the relationship. Yeah, but. That movie within the movie is like a really fucking tense drama. Yeah, we were discussing who stole the film, and I thought it was like a tug of war between Jake Gyllenhaal and Aaron Taylor Johnson because both of them showed fucking incredible amounts of like intensity. Uh, but I think Aaron Taylor Johnson really—he is the one that steals it because that's not something we see from him often. Yeah. Jake G-
1: Gyllenhaal could get intense as he likes, but we've seen yeah, that because he was really good in a uh, Nightcrawler, exactly. And the uh, prisoners, he was really Ah, He's like, got had, that range. Had, like a really weird, like look to him in, like, in uh, prisoners, like, the way his eye looked, like, mm-hmm. and was... And even the same with Nightcrawler, he had like almost like a reptile. he got like thinner for yeah. him, wasn't he? It looked awfully gone at times. Yeah, because um, I think like, when I. I think I've always seen Nightcrawler once, I think. And it always kind of reminds me of Travis Bickle, mm-hmm. a wee
0: bit. Aye, totally. Because he's, he's, like, disconnected from emotion, like those times where they're just sitting filming the bodies, and it's just it's just a job for him. He doesn't yeah. care that there's actual people bleeding out in front of him. But to see Aaron Taylor-Johnson come with this intensity is surprising because this is, like, it's the the boy for Kick-Ass, mm. or, or Quicksilver for the fucking it's Avengers right. so right. it was like to see him playing a fucking psychopath like almost like Patrick Bateman that is American Psycho isn't it yeah yes I always love that sequence where obviously they get ran off the road and he's talking to Jake Gyllenhaal with the car and he's just, right. okay let's just exchange information and we'll drive to the next town is it like, exchange information sure I'm a Sagittarius like long walks and pedding kids and starts <laughs> battering the window and laughing at them. It's like, oh man, this guy's fucking mental.
1: Yeah,
0: this dude's scary. One of the things we did talk about was how tense that that opening sequence was in the the movie within the movie, like them being yeah. ran off the road by Aaron Taylor uh, Ray Marcus was his character name. Uh, I mean, like Ray and his friends, like it's just would be uh totally horrible situation for anyone to be put into and they're in such a most vulnerable place like driving down a long stretch of road in the middle of the night with no phone reception and the two times they think they could be saved by passerbys. Yeah. Just they just, And one of them's bolus as well. I know. That's heartbreaking when like Jake Gyllenhaal runs out onto the road and his wife's screaming who's Isla Fisher uh, and their daughter are all just screaming for help but the fucking outcome of it like when they're yeah. they're found dead when Bobby Andes like Mike Shannon shows up and like the next day and aye. they go back and they just find their bodies dead on the couch it's it's a that it could be a hard watch for some people aye like that being interspliced with her story of I think half the time it's
1: like her dropping the book or getting a fright at what's happening on yeah. page and she and gets then she phones like her daughter or she phones um, Hutton <laughs> exactly
0: but the payoff, like obviously these three guys rape and kill his wife and child when it actually get, like fast forwards to like a year later and they actually have some progress like when Bobby manages the capture one of them, I think it was like Lou. And yeah. And you get the great scenes where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Tony is interrogating him where they're just doing the usual oh, I take him, who the fuck this guy is? I take him, what's going on? And just for him to fucking tell his story and the intensity gets so fucking wound up at them and when he says all that you just see Lou like he knows he's done wrong and he just Aye. can't even fucking look at him mm-hmm. in the eye and that leads him to fucking Ray Whereas yeah. his, his fucking outdoor lifestyle taking a shit on his porch <laughs> and I mean he's not actually just taking a shit outside he has a, a plumbed toilet
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> outside his house and he's just sitting there with his old fucking brick mobile phone or house phone Swigging a beer, taking a shit in the scud, in the forest. It's very redneck. Yes, it cannot get any redder. Um, One of the, the more um, rewarding parts of the film is when Bobby Andes and Tony decides, we're more or less, we're going to take the law into our own hands here. And there's a like a bloodthirsty part of me is like, yes, this is... Like, they so fucking deserve, like, their fates. Yeah. And that payoff when they're in the, the cabin at the end where it starts off... Well, it builds up to it, isn't it? You've got Bobby, Jake Gyllenhaal... I tried to get all their names. Bobby, Tony and Ray. And they're trying to interrogate Ray and Ray's still like, I deacon, what the fuck is yeah. are on about? And Tony gets that fucking angry, scalps them. Aye. Fucking plants him with a fist, <coughs> but it's no until uh, Lou makes a break for it, mm. and I think it's Bobby that shoots, aye, him, Bobby shoots him. Aye, Bobby shoots him. Aye, if I can put him in this place, just leaves him there, and it's it's no until uh, Tony tracks down Ray and finds him back in what I can only describe as the rape shack. Yeah, because I think it if it was just like another caravan or another trailer, mm. just in the middle of this desert path. And they have, like, that great standoff, really, uh, isn't it? Because yeah. it's a tense fucking scene because you have Ray, who's playing old innocent, but you've got that shot of his hand going behind the pillow and it was it was either, like, a... a fire poker or... That's a... it. All right, because at first I thought it was, like, a big fucking, like, machete or something, but no, it was a fire poker. And Tony's character finally gets, like, the balls uh, and fucking shoots him. It's, like, twice, doesn't it? He hits him uh, twice in the chest. yeah, But takes that fucking gruesome I, hit with
1: that, that in the head or something it is I,
0: and it's you just you're left in the dark for a minute and you're thinking did they just like kill each other is that it but it does it gets a bit grim for there because I think when you realise Nibdi has a happy end in this film no Bobby dying He's, of cancer yeah
1: dying of cancer right
0: Lou got shot died at back Ray's shot dead. Tony, whilst he's alive. He's fucking blind. It looked like half his face had turned black after being hit with that poker. Yeah. Um, and
1: when he goes to signal the police, he ends up shooting himself. right yeah, because we talked about how. Because at first when I watched that, I thought it was like I thought he got shot for like somebody in the distance, but ah, obviously yeah. it wasn't it. It was him. He, he falls onto his gun. Stum- I stumbles out I of but we talked about how. It's like um, the blow at the head. Yeah,
0: it triggers like a brain hemorrhage, so he's not quite... Because he's clearly blind. You see him falling out, tripping over the body, and but he's up. He's fucked. He's done anyway, so he's running on empty. So, in the Wikipedia explanation, the reason he was firing his gun was to attract the attention of the police to come find him, but upon firing the gun for a second time is when he falls and shoots himself. Mm. So having that, and then back to reality, you've got Susan going to a restaurant after agreeing to meet her ex-husband again after yeah. she's read his fucking
1: bone-chilling book mm. and only to have him stand her up. Yeah, and it's kind of almost like, 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 she deserved it for being a cunt. Because I think, now that we'll see with the like, kind of, like, dissect it and like think about it as well, was, um, like she probably realises that she shouldn't have split up with and no, I mean he like, had this great story in him yeah and mm. I mean it was such a fucking horrible way for him to find out that uh, you know, so she was cheating on him with Hutton and then found him like standing like in the oh
0: they're sitting in the car park of like an abortion clinic yeah. <laughs> the fucking army hammer sitting consoling her and he's standing outside in the rain it's like oh this feels <laughs> like a an 80s fucking teen romance like yeah. in the rain she's sitting in the car with the more handsome man with his arm around her just
1: after like convincing her to get the abortion of most likely fucking Jake Gyllenhaal's child. Expecting fucking Chris Columbus to walk in with his fucking wee boy like take two. <laughs> that was kinda our our brief
0: reaction to the film, our our yeah. overall. Was there anything that you've you want to put in there
1: before we continue? Um nah no Because really. I think we talked about like if if they made a second film it would just be her sitting in the restaurant for the entire film. Ah, like it waiting it like, would just be one of those fucking experimental yeah it's like uh, her like the first I can we kind of have like my, my third like glass of wine and then it's like her and it's a time lapse and it's like her son was like oh hey my my, my 40th glass of wine yeah and then starts like fucking bad mouthing the waiter and all that everyone's leaving and you just imagine Jake Gyllenhaal's character sitting in the
0: background yeah <laughs> with like the, the black face just sitting there.
1: Because I'm sure I, said this, sure I said last week that I kind of at first thought that maybe Edward oh, and Tony yes. were, like, were the same because like in one of the trivia notes was that like, you never ever see Edward. Yes, in current time because we get yeah. flashback sequences. Yeah,
0: and then when they first met. But we never get to see him uh, post-breakup. Yeah, like him standing in the rain was the last time you saw his character. Yeah, uh, and that will be the last time she saw him. But no, nah, we never got to see him post writing the novel.
1: Yeah,
0: do I go into budget and box office? I'll fire out some numbers. And to be honest, I can't even remember. Like I can't even cleverly guess the numbers now after being told yeah. it last week. Um,
1: budget was sitting at twenty-two and a half. Okay, well we fucking failed. Domestically, yes. it made only half its money. It was like 10.6 mil. And then it made 19 and a half foreigns It only just made its money back. Worldwide, aye. Mm. But that's it. Was, it was one of those, I can't remember the time where it really came
0: out, but I do remember it receiving like some attention during like Oscar season mm. because Aaron Taylor-Johnson got nominated. I think he got a BAFTA or a Golden Globe. Michael Shannon got some nominations in a Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh. Um I don't think Amy Adams would have got a lot because she was so fucking bleak in it and it wasn't like enough. I mean, she just looked awfully miserable and then just had a couple tumblers of whiskey at the end. Yeah. It wasn't the biggest stretch for her. Yeah.
1: Um, trivia notes? Yeah, I've got two... Dude, I have a personal favourite of Tribune was um, that Tom Ford personally groomed Aaron Taylor Johnson's facial hair.
0: <laughs> and very weird because, let's think back, he did have big mutton chopped sideburns, uh, and a bit of a moustache, and then he just had that fucking wiry redneck hair, just yeah. like just a guy that cooks crystal meth. That's uh, it, he just looks, he does look like some kind of a deliverance.
1: Uh, the second one was um, Michael Shannon received a nomination for Best Supporting Actor, but he was the only person to receive that nomination that wasn't a in line for a Best Film nomination. Right. So, everybody else that was in, no- in-, in contention were all included in films that were nominated for Best Film. Alright, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that would have been. I know. I was. Too many other ends to think of. That would have been last year, so... That would have been, like, Moonlight and La La Land and stuff like that. Aye. Yeah, because
0: that's it. Nocturnal Animals was, like, the wee indie film that could... Even though it never really made a big impact, but... It was enough to get some attention. Yeah. All we need to do now is wrap up the show. I know it feels like, man, we've fucking cheated folk, but... It's better than nothing. I yeah, swear, yeah. this this shortened very more or less, what we were going for the first time around. Yeah. Um. So on episode 197 of the films as well, movie podcast, it's a double review. We will be talking about Midnight Special and The Shape of Water. <laughs> now, for yous listening at home, obviously you're listening at home. Well, you might not be at home. You might be on the bus. In the gym, exercising. (laughs) No, didn't he? Um, Episode 200 of Films and Swearing is nearly upon us. Now, we never mentioned this in the original podcast, but through the time and the way things were planned at the moment, this is the perfect time to tell you that episode 200 of the Films and Swearing movie podcast is going to be Kurt Russell season. We're going to celebrate it in style. Obviously, when we do our seasons, we always like to kind of span across four, six between four to six films uh, to make it like a proper season like the cover enough of a person's catalogue of work. Yeah. But we've, we've got a tight schedule we have. We've got Michael, Shannon, September, the now.
1: Yeah.
0: And then we've got like October right around the corner so we're wanting to do like your, your typical like a Halloween or a slasher serial killer season something like that is in the books. But this one episode, yeah. episode 200, we're going to deliver a full Kurt Russell season wrapped up in one podcast. Yeah. So there will be a minimum of six films covered. Yeah. It will be a, a rotating guest host. So the main show will be me and Mikey talking about the career of Kurt Russell. And as we go throughout the career, we'll be swapping seats. It will be um, like myself and... Kenny uh, Kenneth Broson from Podcast on Fire or or Tom Kw from Podcast on Fire, and as we're on the build up to episode two hundred, we will reveal the films one at a time as we go up. So this week, we will let you know that one of the films being discussed is Fuck. I was going to say the film and then the year, but I can't remember the years of the films. Um, So the first one will be Soldier. The Mm, late uh, nineties, Paul uh, W S Anderson. Yeah. Uh, action sci-fi film starring Kurt Russell and Jason uh, yes, Scott Lee, Jason Scott Lee uh, from the late 90s so that will be myself and Kenneth Proson discussing that one and then in our next episode we'll reve- reveal what the next review is yeah so well, that's what you got to look forward to on episode 200 other than that Follow us on social media at FAS Podcast for Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Shout outs to Paul Loudon for the artwork, David Lopan for the music, Max, Kenny and Carol for... and Stu. Letting
1: us do this a second time.
0: Yes, uh, continuing to line our pockets monthly with Patreon and Magic Mike for sitting through this shit again. I know. Let's not make it a trilogy. Yes. <laughs> Let's back these files up Ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week.